Don't let the fear of the unknown and what could happen stop you from trying, from doing hard things. I think as I come up against these mental barriers, I hope it's something I look back on and, and it didn't inhibit me, but I can see again where we get the best of ourselves with the mental side of it. So yeah, I hope it's just that I was silly and that I shouldn't have let any of it scare me. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Have you guys heard of Beam? I have been absolutely loving their products lately. Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the running world by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high-quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, Beam is key for recovery and self-care. Try it for yourself with 15% off using the code FTLR from beamtlc.com. I recommend Beam Dream Powder or the Focus Capsules. This week's episode is sponsored by Pinky Bars. I've been a customer of their real food-based bars since their early days, and they get better and better every year. You can eat them before, during, and after workout, or anytime really, and they're created from a need to have a performance and real food bar. One of my favorite fueling choices, they offer a variety of flavors, including chocolatey, savory, fruity, spicy, and everything in between. Check them out and grab an exclusive for the long run listener discount at pickybars.com slash FTLR. Welcome back. I have Shelby Johnson joining me on the podcast today. Shelby, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Thanks for having me. For sure. So the first question is always a tough one. Uh, Who is Shelby? I even knew this was coming and it's still a hard (laughs) question to answer. Yes, it is. I am a mom of three human children and one fur child. I'm an army wife. I'm a physician assistant, uh, a runner, lover of mountains, Colorado native. I think that pretty much sums up who I am. Nice. And you've got a, a sweet place in Steamboat Springs that I had the, the pleasure yeah. of being a guest at, uh, yes. at Run, Run Rabbit place. a couple years ago. Yes, it is yeah. very happy up there. We are having this conversation because you sent me a message <laughs> a couple of weeks ago that I'm sure you didn't think uh, was going to t- <laughs> turn into a podcast. Um, but is it okay if I read the question out here? Of course. Yeah. So you messaged me and you said, can I ask you a question? You really discuss this a lot on your podcast. How do you develop your why? I'm signed up for my first hundred at Run Rabbit and really struggling with my ability to even do it. I felt like my why is unknown, which is making me doubt if I have the skills to even run it. And I said, can we talk about this on a podcast episode? I'd love to go deep on this. So here we are. Um, Here we are. The reason that I love this question is because I think that Anyone can run a marathon, but I don't think that anyone can run a 100-mile race or a 50-mile race. Uh, 
This is my opinion. Um, I have only, only run 45 <laughs> miles. Um, That's still and, a lot of miles. Yes. And it was in the Grand Canyon. So it took, <laughs> took 13 hours. And, and even something like that, I don't think that everyone is mentally capable of doing it. I think everyone is physically capable of doing it, maybe. But the reason that I like hosting this podcast is because we get to dive into this question with people who have done some pretty wild things. Mm-hmm. Things that like many people would just say, this is crazy. This is nuts. And for whatever reason, we just keep doing it. So <laughs> right. I want to get to this question. I promise I'm going to shut up. Um, but let's set the stage for you as a runner first, and then we can dive into running hundred mile races. So sure. do, do you remember your first run? You know, I remember my first non-forced run outside of like the PE mile was actually probably my freshman year of college. So, so pretty late in life. Uh, I was a swimmer in middle school and high school, but I rode crew my freshman year of college and I ended up getting injured. And so my coach suggested I do some dry land training instead and go for a run. And I was like, run? What? (laughs) For fun? Um, But I did it and I pretty much immediately fell in love. What was it that made you fall in love? Well, I think being in college, uh, being a type A person, I was a biology major. So lots of card classes, things like that. Running was the first time I was able to like fully um, kind of disconnect and find peace within myself. I was able to kind of forget about what else I had to do. I was able just to think about like my surroundings and my feet hitting the ground. And it was, it was a feeling I'd never had before. And that is a hundred percent what has kept me running. And you've done it in some pretty cool places. (laughs) For sure. Yes. So that's your first few runs. You got mm-hmm. the bug. Um, yep. You're in, are you in Colorado at this time? No, I was in San Diego at that time, actually. Got it. Well, also a beautiful location. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you don't have to deal with weather there. So that's no, lovely too. No, it was perfect running <laughs> weather, right? So how did you fall down this rabbit hole into, into ultra running? Great question. So shortly after graduating, um, I had met my husband uh, who was going into the military. I uh, had no concept of really what that meant (laughs) at the time, but I quickly learned once we graduated and he commissioned into the army Um, and he had to deploy pretty shortly after um, that time. And so I ended up deciding I wanted to run a marathon and largely it was because um, I could. And I just felt very compelled by those he was with, the things he was seeing, to know that like I had the ability to do something crazy, like run 26.2 miles. So I went down the marathon rabbit hole and uh, spent quite a bit of time running marathons. I don't know how many, but I think more than 10. Eventually, I think similar to you, it found it challenging to always be chasing time and splits and paces. And so after having my second baby, um, six years ago now, I, on a whim, signed up for the Pikes Peak Ascent as my first trail race and literally had no idea what I was signing up for. And it's been a quick downhill spiral from there. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended, because that's an uphill race. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, talk to me about the spiral. So Pikes Peak Ascent is, is that 13 miles? It's, yep, 13 miles if you just go up, which is the ascent. 
Um, so I think just in the kind of short lead up to that, I just fell in love with being in the trails. As I mentioned, I am a lover of mountains and it is my happy place. And the kind of peace I found running in the beginning was just amplified when I was out on the trails. So we quickly went from the ascent to, I met all these crazy people who did these super long races. They were running 50 Ks every other weekend. It was a world I had no idea about. Um, and so decided all these other people were doing it. So why not? And signed, <laughs> signed up for my first 50 K, which turned into 50 mile, which turned into hundred K. And then I just felt like hundred mile. Here I am. <laughs> so what's the longest you've ever run? A hundred K. Talk to me about that start line. Ooh, um, well, you know, I think the start line, it's, it was nerve wracking for me. I think a hundred K was the first, well, maybe 50 miles, um, was the first distance that I wasn't sure if I could complete. Um, I think you said with the marathon, you know, most people I think could run a marathon. There might be a lot of walking. It might be really painful. It might not be fun, but I think it's a distance that is manageable for a majority. Obviously there are exclusions for that, but lining up to my first 50 miler, which was, um, after I had my daughter, uh, so she's four. So it was just about nine months after she was born. I really wasn't sure if I would make it back to the starting line, which was also the finish line. So, and I would say the hundred K felt similar because that even then was a, a bigger distance. Isn't that so cool though? Yeah, it is. <laughs> How often in life do we get to do things that there's that much uncertainty? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I'll speak for myself, but I think I largely live a life of comfort and privilege and I don't have to feel discomfort a whole lot. Um, and I'm thankful for that, but I think it's a cool experience to be able to put myself in these challenging positions where I don't know how I'll fare or what will happen or how miserable I'll be. Yes. I love that. I feel the same way. And I think it's one of the reasons that I love the sport. We get to challenge ourselves. Pressure is a privilege and there was an article a few years ago that endurance athletes make the best employees because <laughs> if you think about logically how you get to a start line and then how you get to a finish line, you cannot say tomorrow I'm going to run a hundred K race <laughs> right? <laughs> unless you're already trained because you will not finish or you will finish severely injured. So it's, I've used the analogy before on the podcast of like you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, like you mm -hmm. accomplish goals one step at a time. And the lessons that we learn en route to doing these things, like they apply in business, like with what I do for work, I'm doing things today that if you told me I was doing them either objectively or subjectively five years ago, I'd say impossible or yeah, yeah. there's, there's no way. And same thing with running. It's like, I'm targeting a 121 half marathon. My first half marathon was two hours. And that's I'm like, awesome that's, that's 40 minutes. If you had yeah. told me in, in 2013 that like, this is the progress, I would say you're nuts. Right. Um, and so I, I've found through this podcast that a lot of people follow a similar piece of motivation or, or it's like, how good can I get or, or what mm -hmm. can I do? And for some it's speed, how fast mm -hmm. can you get? And for others it's, distance like what do I do when things get really uncomfortable like I'm guessing in 100k like 
things can get bad. Oh yeah, for but sure. You add another forty miles to a hundred miler. Uh, yeah, with a hundred <laughs> miler, like what's what's going to happen yeah. there? So long way to ask. Prior to the to the hundred k or the fifty miler, did you do any of this similar exploration of like why the hell am I doing this? Yeah, great question. You know, I'm not sure that I did. To be honest, I think it was. It felt like more of a natural progression. And I think having had three babies in, you know, a six year period, I'd spent most of my time being pregnant or nursing a baby. And I still ran. Um, I was super thankful to run actually the Boston Marathon while I was pregnant with my second baby. But I felt like this was the first time to do things for me. And I feel like I just went out the gate running. So I'm sure there was some level of it, but um, I think the hundred brings me to a really unknown territory of, um, of just being so different. I've never run in the dark. I've been thankful to finish all of my races in the light. So, you know, things like that. So I would say yes and no. So you're on ultra sign up, you're typing in Shelby Johnson, Colorado, Mm -hmm. your age, your address, all this stuff. You put in your credit card and you hit submit. Why'd you click that button? For the 100 miler, you mean? Yep. Yeah. Oh, great question. By the way, for those who, everybody else who can't see Shelby's face right now, she's like glowing. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if that's true. Um, (laughs) So Run Rabbit Run was my first 50 miler. As you mentioned, Steamboat's super special to me. So um, that was a race uh, that just felt really special. Like I mentioned, I think it was well, it was 2017 or 2018, but um, ended up running it. I had such a good time, um, made a good friend, and she and I actually finished first and second, which was super cool. It was just an experience like no other. Um, I went back the next year after moving to California for a little while, and the altitude um, killed me. Uh, it was not a fun race. And so I had actually signed up to run it last year, and then it was canceled because of COVID. So I felt like I had kind of some... Um, some unfinished business at Run Rabbit 50 miler. Uh, so when it came time to to kind of roll over my race this year, I had this realization that COVID changed everything and nothing was guaranteed and even tomorrow wasn't guaranteed. And I had this kind of long-term goal of running 100. Um, many people know the book, The Happy Runner, fangirl of our mutual mm-hmm. coach, David wrote. Um, but one of them is just kind of long-term goal development. And at one point I had written run a hundred miler, but thinking, you know, it'd be more like five, 10 years down the line when my kids, you know, slept through the night, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but with COVID, I just kind of felt like nothing's guaranteed and I'm going to switch that 50 to a hundred. So I emailed the race director and said, I'm going to do it. I'm ready. And, uh, and up we went. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so wow, where do I go from here? Um, <laughs> it sounds like I have a lot of good reasons for a why already, but <laughs> no, but it's, but it's really. <laughs> the way that you've explained it. It's like, yeah, uh, that makes a ton of sense. It's like you could, you could wait years until you're totally prepared and, you know, maybe you step on a train track and break your ankle and you can never run again. And right. then what? And, yeah. and so I love this, like, I'm just going to, send it and go for it. Like (laughs) this is the year. Um, I I love the, like nothing, nothing is guaranteed. I think that there has to be some, 
um, balance between like realistic, like right. I cannot go out and run a hundred mile race <laughs> this September because I want to, but like you've done, you've done the buildup over the years to put enough miles in long runs and training blocks. And, uh, you have this wizard of a coach who, um, <laughs> who can, who can get you there. But, okay. So I got to ask, what did David say when, when you said you were going to do this? Uh, I'm sure it was playing along the lines of shoot your shot. I'm just going to guess if I had to remember. So David, David and Megan both use this line of shoot your shot. And um, it has become my like mantra for, for dating and life and like moving to Colorado and all of these yeah. things that like, if you want something, who cares if you fail right. and you just keep going out and trying and trying and trying. Like, Hell, in baseball, if you fail seventy percent of the time, you're doing pretty well. Like <laughs> right? you can get in the hall, in the Hall of Fame, failing yeah. 70 percent of the time. You could, um, you could be a Colorado weatherman. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> Trust me, I'm learning that. Um, so, so that that message was on April twentieth. Uh-huh. Um, today is May fourth. Has your perspective shifted since then? Are you still in this exploration? Yeah, I mean, I think opening the discussion with you got me kind of thinking a little bit more um, and kind of just trying to process like, you know, it seems like a good idea, like you said, when you press the ultra sign up button, but then you have to come to terms with (laughs) what you signed up for. I think for me, when I look at all my reasons why I run, so it gives me peace. It is my alone time. It makes me feel strong. But the distance you do that in, you know, doesn't really matter. You can do that in any distance. So when I look at the hundred miler, um, it seems like kind of, and running is on its own, but a selfish endeavor. I'm going to involve crew and pacers and all of this. And, and I know there will be time when I hit a low spot in that hundred miles where I need to have a really strong foundation of why I asked all these people to come out here and give their time and do this with me. So, um, I think I, piecing together all the reasons I run, but trying to figure out why it culminated in this hundred mile decision. Are your kids old enough to understand what you've undertaken here? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Um, My kids are nine, six, and four. So um, my Uh, older two- I don't think I'm old enough to understand, but (laughs) good on (laughs) them. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think- one of my big motivations of running and maybe behind this hundred miler, as we discuss and learn is, um, to show my kids that, you know, we can do hard things and, um, and hard things are possible if you put in the hard work and you, you know, set big goals and shoot your shot. Right. So I think, uh, I think my kids do understand they've sadly had to be part of many, a money, a crew, um, largely my husband and kids, but, uh, I almost think we normalize it a little for them. So I don't know uh, the hundred mile distance if that's a concept they've fully been able to realize. Uh, but I hope that one of the end results of doing it, whether I I uh, finish or not, is just that something like that is even an option on the table for them one day too. So what do they what do they think about these long races? Like I, I'm, I'm picturing a nine-year-old at a, at an aid station yeah, or at a, right? at a crew stop. Yeah, like yeah. what's going on there? You know, I think they 
like I said, they've known it since they were little and it's kind of been part of most of their life. So I think for them, it's, it's exciting. They like cheering on the other runners. My oldest actually is a pretty killer trail runner on his own, which is a cool thing to see. Um, and I hope he'll actually join me for a chunk of the hundred miler, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I think they just see like, uh, I think it's a cool, uh, way our family can come together and support is we kind of, um, support each other through these hard things and ventures that we take on. So it's about, it's about trying it so that you can see if you can do it and showing that, uh, success or failure, we can do hard things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good enough reason for as, as any, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's like, yeah. What, what, what do I want to model for my kids or what, what do I, how do I want to live my life? And I watched life in a day, um, looking at a couple of athletes racing Western States, the film Bill Yang put together, I think around the 2016 Western States. And this, this movie outlined from, uh, Olympic Valley to, uh, Auburn, the like ups and downs and ups and downs and all these highs and lows that these three athletes experienced. And I think there is no better microcosm of life than a a full day of running and, and the takeaways (laughs) that you can get from it. And then, okay, put yourself on, on the finish line at run rabbit. So you've, you've just come down from the mountains and you, you hop over that little stream that feels like it's a hundred feet long and some people just go right through it because you've run a hundred miles and you cross the finish line and you stop. Now what? Oh man, that's a good question. What's the first thing you think to yourself? Get me a beer or. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah. That would be first. Uh, Second would just be like, wow, I can't believe that my body just took me that far. I think just what the human body can do is incredible, both physically and mentally. And I think, you know, one of my biggest fears and hesitations going into this race and my lack of why I feel like I don't have a why is just this fear of the unknown, like I said. So I think at the finish line, that unknown has passed. And hopefully it's just celebration of whatever the result of that was. Thanks again to Beam for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. As the days start to warm up and get longer, a cool down routine in the evening becomes even more important. Did you know that you can get a subscription to Beam's Dream Powder? It's what I use most nights before bed to help with a refreshing night's sleep. When you subscribe, you'll get the Dream Blend with a bunch of perks like even better pricing, free shipping, a free mug, and a drink frother just for signing up. Dream helps me wind down at night and it's made with compounds like melatonin and magnesium that support a better night's sleep. Make sure to use the code FTLR at checkout for an extra 15% off the already discounted 20% off monthly rate. Thanks again to Picky Bars for sponsoring this episode. I've been a member of their monthly club subscription for years now and have a bar before all of my weekday runs and also enjoy their oatmeal before long runs. Both are so easy on the road too. If you'd like to support me in the podcast, Picky is offering you 20% off at pickybars.com slash FTLR which is good for all orders above $25 and an additional 20% off your first box of a new Picky Club membership. That's 20% off at pickybars.com slash FTLR. And now back to our conversation. So the unknown for this race includes distance, it includes altitude, it includes 
bears. It includes <laughs> running in the night, moose. Um, but it also includes this piece at the end where maybe you're a totally different person and anything becomes possible. Right. Maybe that's what scares me. <laughs> what about that part scares you? You know, I think um, it just, uh, oh gosh, that's a great question. And I'm not really sure what about it scares me, but I think it's, um, oh, I don't know. I need to develop that, but something about it scares me. <laughs> so, so you mentioned like being comfortable in life. And yeah. I think that obviously there are a lot of people who are uncomfortable and are dealing with yeah. quite a bit more than what you and I experience on a daily basis, I'm sure. But on the flip side, there are also a lot of people that deal with that, that don't deal with enough discomfort in life and they just go about their day and that's, you know, they, they do their job. They have a, you know, whatever they have a routine, that's their routine. And there's not much variation in this routine. And so I, I always come back to like the feeling that we get when we do something hard, like tomorrow I'm doing a, I'm doing a track workout with Kara Goucher or I'm doing a, a cool. speed workout with Kara Goucher. Like <laughs> I can't just like decide to do that one day. Right. And these feelings that we get to have in this community that we get to yeah. be in, you have to you have to put in the sweat equity to get there. Right. And and I just think of all the like the stuff that we get to do as a result of all of the discomfort that we are choosing mm -hmm. to experience. Right. Yeah. And I will say in general, as a runner, I even like to be comfortable when I'm running. I don't like to push myself super hard. I'm fortunate in that in my 50 mile and 100K endeavors, I've had minimal moments of discomfort. I think one of the pieces of fear of this 100 miler is I think discomfort is inevitable uh, in many, right. <laughs> many ways or forms. Uh, so it's something I can't avoid and possibly can't even prepare for because it's hard to know what form that will come in. So you're not going to physically like go out and choose to experience discomfort like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, bang my head against the wall to, <laughs> right. to simulate discomfort. Right. Um, but you'll put in the miles, you'll do all that work. Will there be any physical, uh, sorry, mental prep that goes into it? Yeah. I think that's what I'm doing now. I think, um, I think that's as I kind of start to envision what this looks like in the process of getting there and the process of running it. Um, I think, you know, physically I'm fortunate that I, um, I think if I put in the training, my body will be able to do the miles. But the mental side is the side that I am preparing to need the, the more more of the training in. I um I had one opportunity to pace a friend at Leadville last year, and um, as we were running at two a.m. in the dark and cold, and he was vomiting, <laughs> I just thought like, why? Why would anyone do this? <laughs> And, uh, and I envision I'll have moments of that at some point. So I think again, developing this deep, strong, why that I can reach out to when I hit those points, I think is going to be the thing that hopefully keeps me moving one foot in front of another. For sure. I read a book a couple of years ago, Endure by Alex Hutchinson. Oh, okay. And I feel like I've listened to podcasts about it. Yeah. So this, this is probably the, the biggest like mental step forward that I have ever had. And I was reading it during a speed block and I was uh, <laughs> putting in 
work towards a mile time trial and the ability to separate physical discomfort for five minutes versus 24 hours. <laughs> um, but like extreme pain, like if, if you are feeling good at any point in those five minutes, you are absolutely doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> but the, the entire theme of the book was the brain will, will limit you before your body limits you. And so like we can, we, it's like cliche to say we can do hard things, but like right. the brain is the, the limiting factor. Like mm -hmm. if you've done the work, the brain is, is overriding what you want to do because it's right. a coping mechanism. And mm -hmm. so I think any of these like mental strength pursuits or, or explorations can yield incredible progress. Um, so I would, I would definitely recommend that one. And to anyone that's listening, yeah. I would, I would recommend that one. Um, but it, it essentially like walks you through how to, how to approach suffering and how to approach opting into physical discomfort and then reframes it as like, this is empowering. Like you are choosing yeah. to do this. And then for your kids, it's like, they're seeing you choose something that's, that's uncomfortable and persevering. And hopefully there are some takeaways there as well. Right. Yeah. That's a, a really interesting concept, Jonathan, because I think um, it actually brings me, there's one of my little people now. Um, it brings a future me pacer. To, yeah. Right. Um, it brings me to childbirth, uh, funny enough. So that's one moment where I can specifically remember um, the ability or putting into action, separating my physical and my emotional um, sides. I think I was really um, able to, in my head, tell myself that there was an end in sight. And at the end, there was going to be something good. Um, baby. Yeah, baby, right? <laughs> and, and it would end eventually. I didn't know how long, um, but it would come to an end. And I think uh, now that we're talking about it, I think it's so similar to an ultra marathon because at that moment, there was a lot of pain. But with the mental awareness that it would end and there wasn't kind of like a finish line in sight, um, a little maybe, well, not less tangible. There's a finish. There's a finish it's line. Very tangible. Way. Yeah. So, so COVID has impacted all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and psychologically, one of the reasons that it was so or has been so challenging is because there is no end zone and, yep. and the, the human brain cannot understand a problem without a solution or without a, um, I forget who I was talking with about this, but basically like we're not equipped to deal with like an issue that, that doesn't have a, a right. tangible ending. So right. when you're deep in the hundred, are you going to think about the fact that like this will end? <laughs> It yeah. might feel like a long time away, yeah. but this is going yeah, to Yeah, I think so. I mean, just as I say that out loud, I think that's an important piece is knowing that you've put in the work for an achievable goal and not that the result is the end. I mean, is well, we say the race is the celebration, right? So you're, you're not going to um, base how you feel about the whole thing based on, you know, your finish time, but you do want to get to the end at some point, wherever that may be for you. So yeah, I think that'll be an important thing to to um, remind myself of that I'm not just running to nowhere. <laughs> so in the hard parts, you'll remind yourself that it ends at the finish line. You will have 
demanded a beer and <laughs> and will remind yourself or acknowledge, wow, I just did that super hard thing and what else did it unlock for me? I'm curious about like the first 5K, like you hit the 3.1 mile mark yeah, or right. the marathon mark, like you've run yeah. 10 plus marathons and that used to be your yeah. your distance of choice. What's it like to see that, like the 5K or the marathon and know that like, I got 20 times what's ahead or I got four times what's ahead. Yeah. Well, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I will say that I think that's something I probably need to work on detaching from a little. I'm one of those people that when I hit like 15 miles into 30K, I'm like, I'm over half or 16 miles. I'm over halfway. I think at 50 miles, it's going to be really, um, it's going to be really disappointing to think to myself, sure, I'm over halfway, but I still have it could be 12 hours to go. Yeah. And with Run Rabbit, I guess technically I'm not even halfway there yet. So, um, so I think that'll be another piece of mental training is just, you know, taking that away. And I guess going from whether it be aid station to aid station or crew stop to crew stop, um, I'm sorry, my children are throwing a baseball out the window. <laughs> if, if a baseball comes flying through. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, I think that's, um, and I, again, I haven't run one, but from what I've heard of other people is that it's definitely a different mindset than some of those shorter distance races where you can use those benchmarks. I can only imagine. The only, <laughs> the only sort of relatable experience I've had is getting to the other side of the Grand Canyon and looking at my watch and seeing like 7.20. And yeah. my longest run prior to that was a 50K in Tahoe that took me 7.07. And so I'm like, wow, that's the longest I've ever run. Now I'm going to do it again. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's just like to rectify that, it was like, now what? Like yeah. what sort of weird things are about to happen? And yeah. plenty of weird things happen. Um, <laughs> so one of the, the themes you've alluded to a little bit um, over the half hour so far is gratitude. Um, is gratitude something you intentionally practice or is it just sort of coming out organically? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll say I've gone through moments of, um, intentional practice of gratitude. I think for me, life is chaotic to say the least. And, um, I'm always running in some way or another. And so I think I, um, I'm not always good at staying in the present and appreciating the present. And um, actually, one of the things I wrote down back when I was making my goals was, again, another David quote, was, which is, I will love the journey and be present along the way. And I think one of the things that running allows me to do is to kind of take in those moments of like, again, how fortunate I am to do this, how great it is that my body allows me, I have friends to help me, you know all these amazing pieces that come through it. So I think a goal again, especially during this hundred is to take moments to be present along the way and find the gratitude in that ability instead of just getting through it and, and doing, you know, A to B to C and getting all my check marks done. Um, so I hope that's a, something that comes out of it, but I would say it's probably more a um, less of intentional practicing and more of an attempting to slow life down and, <laughs> And be present. You got to get David to give you a 30 by one minute on one minute off and you'll, oh, you'll see time slow down. <laughs> right? That's why I didn't tell him it was my birthday when it was my birthday. I didn't want that <laughs> birthday workout. <laughs> um, so presence is definitely something that he's tried to nail home with me. 
I've spent the last year like trying to date and like trying to achieve something that I don't have necessarily. Mm -hmm. And he's like, at the end of the day, you're great. And all you need to do is in the moment, whether it's a successful date or not, like if you're having fun, you're improving and you're enjoying right. it and you're doing this and you're doing that and, and apply that towards anything. It doesn't need to be dating or running or life or work or whatever. Um, and so I've found myself in this beautiful state that we're in physically, just like looking around and being like, holy shit, this is mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So I'm just envisioning you at the top of the mountain, you know, 50 <laughs> miles in coming through the aid station and there's like, hundred people around and you're just like, I'm getting to do this right now. Like this yeah. is great. And then you get on the trail and the sun's going down and you're just like, this is the best. Yeah. Will it be something like that? I hope so. <laughs> um, you know, I think that that's probably part of why the dark scares me so much, like literally and figuratively, right? I think when it's light out and you're surrounded by people and you have the energy, um, and obviously it's COVID, so I'm sure it will be different, but you're able to kind of see those tangible pieces of gratitude. Um, but I think once the lights shut off, uh, one, you, you can't see where you're at. It's dark. It's cold. You're maybe by yourself. Um, those are the moments that I then hope to be able to really reach out and remind myself of that gratitude uh, when I can't see or feel it. Very cool. Will you have a pacer through the night? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That's part of the reason with this race. I don't know if you're familiar, but well, I'm sure you are. They have the um, the rabbits and the tortoises and the rabbits don't get to have a, a pacer. And for me, being my first hundred, while I was tempted to do that one, um, I just, I think I need that, um, that sense of community and people with me during those moments that will be hard. I'm not sure who, oh my, sorry, stop. Home run. Um, <laughs> yep. Into the window. <laughs> um, I'm not sure who the Pacers will be, but one of them will be my husband. And, uh, I think it's good and bad. He's in, he has, an incredible person who has done so many hard things. And I draw a lot of strength from that, but he's also the person I feel like I can get the, you know, like the emotionally weakest with, like I can let go with him. And sometimes, uh, to my detriment that I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm just going to quit. I can be weak and say, I don't want to do this. And so that will be something I have to figure out. <laughs> what, what will he say to you when you say that? Um, well, I think, um, he is incredibly like stable and patient. So I hope I can encourage him to be a little bit more forceful in the fact that I can keep going and not let me quit. Um, I won't forget in my uh, first hundred K, which was, um, Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Uh, black Canyon hundred K. Um, I wore bad shoes and my feet just got torn up on the bottom, huge blisters from these sharp little rocks along the way. And I remember a mile, 50 or so or 45, he suggested I change shoes. And I just thought that was a stupid idea. I was like, it's not the shoes. That's stupid. And he was nice about it. He didn't make me do it. I left the aid station about a mile later, realized it was a hundred percent the shoes <laughs> and I wished I had changed them. So, uh, so I think we both have to work on me trusting him more and him maybe being a little bit more, um, forceful in my delusional running state. 
What does it mean to you to have somebody along for a journey like that, whether it's your husband or whether it's a friend who's running with you at 2 a.m.? And you mentioned community. What is What does that mean to you? You know, for running, it means everything to me. I think when I look at why I started running and why I kept running, the community was a huge piece of it. Um, you've probably noticed if you've moved to Colorado, and I know other places in the country are similar, but we have a running community like no other. And that's in Boulder, in Colorado Springs, it's Steamboat Springs, you name it. And um, I would say my running community has become family to me. Um, and so I think what's special about the 100 is that this community gets to be involved in this process with me, but it also scares me because these are people, like I said, taking their time running during the middle of the night to support this goal of mine. And I don't want to disappoint them. And what will they say to you when you cross that finish line? Um, I imagine there'll be lots of sweaty COVID approved vaccinated hugs (laughs) at the end. And I think um, that my community trusts in my abilities a lot more than I do. So I think there'll be a, a lot of amazement and congratulation um, and just feeling a lot of love at the finish nice. line. I love that. Um, I found visualization to be a very powerful tool um, from a motivational standpoint, from a mental strength standpoint. And I love asking questions around like hypothetical situations. Mm -hmm. So the question is, you've crossed the finish line. You have this knowledge of the 100 mile journey. Um, What does Shelby of end of September 2021 say to Shelby of May 2021? I think it will be that don't let the fear of the unknown and what could happen stop you from trying, from doing hard things. I think as I come up against these mental barriers, I hope it's something I look back on and, and it didn't inhibit me, but I can see again where we get the best of ourselves with the mental side of it. So yeah, I hope it's just that I was, you know, silly and that I shouldn't have let any of it scare me. Isn't it cool how we can do these things and then look back on them and be like, huh, that wasn't that hard. Yeah, totally. Looking forward Uh, Fast forward five years, what are you really proud of accomplishing? Ooh, great question. Um, uh, Well, first off, I hope it's a hundred miler or some (laughs) some other given at this point (laughs) adventure. Yeah, and then you know I think that's another home run. Uh, Yeah, into the again, how these kids have not broken the window yet is a small miracle. They have a metal baseball bat for anyone. Yeah. And he, now he's mouthing sorry through the window. So, um, I think, you know, um, I have still some speed goals behind me. So I hope that um, once races are back, I get to look back and accomplish on just getting better every year, getting better with, with age. Um, but also completing some pretty epic adventures. Um, I think, again, as we discussed with COVID and, and nothing being guaranteed, I, I want to do all the things and I want to see all the things and um, not let this fear of the unknown or fear of what could go wrong keep me from doing them. I'm making notes because like these, these are two pieces that are like not letting fear stop you. I think if more people lived that out that they'd be 
blown away with what they could accomplish. Yeah, for sure. What does it mean to you to like to be communicating something like that to thousands of people? Like thousands of people are going to hear. <sighs> yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't yeah. don't hold yourself back. What is what is it like to share this story? Well, it's a little nerve wracking because I hope I can commit to this idea of not being afraid. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's so meaningful. I think um, you mentioned mental health earlier, and I know it's a topic you love to talk about. And um, I work in primary care, so that's a big piece of what I do as well. And I saw a very clear shift in people once we hit um, 2021, uh, this clear shift into, you know, just a lot more depression and anxiety. And I think this kind of fear of the unknown. Um, because like you said, we don't have an end date. We all initially thought, okay, it's going to be six weeks. It's going to be three months. It's going to be a year, but like, we'll be fine by next summer. Um, and I think once people started to, um, realize that wasn't the case and that we don't have an end in sight, there's a lot of fear moving forward and so many life decisions. And so I think it's something I discuss with my patients a lot is just like, um, we have to make the best decisions we can for ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves in the best way, whether that be, you know, our bodies eating healthy and exercising. Um, but we also can't let it hold us back. And we can't let this kind of fear of the unknown take over our lives. And, you know, a lot of, um, for my patients, mental health really thrives in darkness. And so if you are fearful and you just keep um, perpetuating the fear, then I think there's no way to ever move forward. And so if anything, I hope that this message applies to so much more than running, but just moving forward from this period of darkness, we've all been a part of for the last year plus. I love that. Someone asked me on an interview last week, um, have any of the lessons you've, uh, learned in running applied to life? And I was yeah. like, yes, all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor mental health thrives in darkness, I mm -hmm. think is, um, or anything negative thrives mm -hmm. in darkness. Like if you don't, if you just push it under the rug or, oh, I'm afraid to run a hundred miles, so I'm not going to do it. Right. Or I have those speed goals, but mm, that was 10 years ago. Mm, I don't think I can do it. Like we won't accomplish things without sort of disassociating from failure or like taking that first step. Um, the other day I shared something on Twitter, like basically it said, are you thinking about making a big change? Make a small one and see what happens next. And so whether it's mental health, whether it's signing up for a hundred mile race or whether it's a new job or whatever, it's like, again, back to eating the elephant one bite at a time. Right. Um, I could go on for, for <laughs> the duration of a hundred mile race on, on this exploring the why mm -hmm. with you here. Um, but I think my last question is, um, around balance. And I like mm -hmm. to, I like to ask this question and hear from professional athletes. Um, but I also like to ask the question from people who are, have full-time jobs and families mm -hmm. and all these things. And so I'm curious, what is, what is your relationship with balance and how do you do the work required to run a hundred miles while also like you have three kids and yeah. all of this stuff as well? Yeah. A job. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> um, we'll edit that part out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? No, I really do. No. Um, I think balance is um, a forever challenge. Uh, and I think, you know, um, I joke as a working mother, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm failing at many things all at the same time. And that's because there's so many things to balance. Um, and so for me, I don't, wouldn't say I balance well, 
Um, but I think keeping kind of all of these different parts um, that make up me involved keeps me balanced as a whole. Uh, so on the outside, it looks a little messy, but uh, I think as long as, again, each little piece of the pie makes its way in, I think I find more of an overall balance. And we, I think we go through stages. I think people have said this on your podcast before where uh, my kids are heavily involved in soccer right now. So I spend a ton of time at soccer games right now. So maybe my balance has shifted a little bit away, but I, I think all, all the things are important, just finding the time to squeeze them all in, which is sometimes easier said than done. Very cool. Well, if we want to follow along with your adventure of exploring the unknown and, and getting to that start line in Steamboat Springs, uh, where can we find you? Mm, I should have looked this up ahead of time because I don't even know if I remember my Instagram name. It's <laughs> <laughs> trail underscore running underscore mama. Um, I'm on Facebook, but really Instagram is probably the thing I use most. I don't use a lot of the other platforms. So try to keep my, my, my running journey on there. Awesome. Well, Shelby, thanks so much for, for taking some time to chat and uh, hope to see you at Run Rabbit, but hopefully yeah. uh, sometime before then as well. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thanks so All much. All right. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next time on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. 